0: Hello, I'm Miles, and welcome to the Bite Size Marketing Podcast. This is an episode in a series that aims to make marketing easy to understand and simple for businesses of any size to implement. I hope you enjoy. Now, I have mentioned this in the past before, but there are sort of two main groups that market, uh, two terminologies that market research. Fall within, uh, and they are quantitative. I can hardly say it. Qu- quantitative <laughs> uh, and qualitative. <laughs> I sound like I'll cry. Quantitative and qualitative market research, right? And quantitative is all about things that are data driven. It's about surveys, questionnaires, poll. It's basically gathering data where you can analyze the data. That's quantitative, or as it's abbreviated nicely to, quant. It's a lot easier to say. Then the qualitative qualitative is all about observation. So it's about behaviors. So observation, subjectiveness, I guess. And this is all done around sort of focus groups, and things like vox pops. We'll come on to those things uh, in a minute. Uh, thank you, Philip. Yes, I am indeed live. Um, have I had my teeth put back in? Yes, I have, Justin. Thank you very much indeed. Um, although maybe one day I'll have uh, all of me teeth done so that they're nice and sort of white and you know glitzy. Never, never, never. Right. Okay. So, um, quant, quantitative and qualitative. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna call it qual and quant. They're the two main sort of brackets that market research fall in. But there are plenty of different methods to be applied for those. So things like surveys, customer ob- observations, interviews, focus groups, data analytics, case studies, um, experimental research. The list goes on. Um, now the when you when you talk to researchers, and I would always recommend that if you have the budget available, go out and engage with a market research company, because you are definitely going to get quality data, uh, and information back for you to be able to formulate your marketing plans around. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, some of the things you need to think about, right. So at the very heart of any market research that you do you must always keep your target market in mind okay so what what do i mean by this well if you were to go out and do a survey in the high street let's say that you uh let's say that you are a cake maker right and you want to do some research in terms of which of these three cake mixtures you think is the best right to put on, on onto your product list and you go out and you ask people to do the sort of the taste test now there's no point in you asking old people for for uh for want of a better bracket um what they think about your your uh your cake or indeed asking children if you like what they think about your cake if your target market is Not that bracket. (laughs) So your target market, it may it may be uh, early 20 females, whatever it may be. It may be mothers that are 45 plus. Right. So maybe that was a bad example. But the point is, keep your target market in mind when you're doing your research. So if you do focus groups, make sure the focus groups are of your target market all right otherwise all of your data or if you're american your data is going to be skewed um think about the level of detail don't over complicate um you know start start wide and filter down so don't start asking people sort of a Uh, a plethora of different questions straight off the bat, ask them questions that you can sort of, if answer is A, then ask them B, you know, sort of ask them wide sweeping statements. And then through a, a filtration process, if you like, start to filter down and drill down a little bit more once they've asked them try and keep the, questions that you're asking as simple as possible so that your uh, target, if you like, can't go off on a tangent. There are, you know, You're getting them to answer the specificness of the questions that you're asking. And track the data. Like, in my opinion, the larger the data pool, the better. So if you're going to go out and do market research, try and do it on as large a scale as you can, because the more data you get, the more accurate the results are going to be. And I've said it before, use a pro. You're much better off there going out and asking for experts. Now, one of the big tips I'm going to give you is this, and this bucks the trend and goes against the grain. Yes. Trust your head. Trust the data. But, 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 you know your business really well. And if something aligns with your why and your values and you feel it in here is the right thing to do, do it regardless of what the data says. Okay, and I can give you an example of this. So in my previous life, uh, when I worked within the betting industry, we launched a product called virtual racing. This was back in the very early 2000s. So it was computer generated horse racing. And we uh, we did some market research. Right. We had lots of budget available and we pulled in punters and we asked them what they thought of a computer generated horse race. And, the, <laughs> and 100%, the view was it was a bad idea. They called it cartoon racing, Mickey Mouse racing, they did not want computer generated horse racing within the betting shop. It was a resounding no. And we went back to the board and we presented this, <laughs> these findings And around the table, we all agreed that we would ignore the market research, and that we thought it was going to be a good idea. And we thought that it was the answer to a lot of our issues. And we did think that we could address a lot of the skepticisms that the customers or the target market had around virtual racing by putting steps in place to avoid those things. Right? And that's what we did. If we'd listened to the market research, we would not have launched this product. And over 20 years later, the product is worth in excess of one and a half billion pounds a year to the UK betting industry alone. Okay, And it is now a part of the daily diet in every betting shop in the land. So that's just an example of where if it feels right and if it aligns with what you're trying to do, go with it, regardless of what the market research has to say. Okay, because, you know, those that he, he, he o' dares, Rodney, he o' dares. Right, here we go. So some of the different things that you can do, you can hold interviews. Now, they can revolve around focus groups. And if you use a professional, they will do this, they have, um, you know, uh, facilities around town centres where they call people in. Yes, they pay them a small amount of money, um, but then they are, start asking them the questions, all right? So think about, um, you know, doing that. You can use a moderator. You can actually sit behind the sort of one-way glass and and watch and observe um, what's going on. So you can sort of spy on them if you like. Um, but it's really important here, to get a moderator that's not linked to your business so that they're not biased. And again, in my view, having a professional one is the the right way to go. So you can use formal focus groups. You can also do something called Vox Pops. Now, this is uh, a terminology which applies to uh, the people that you see on the high street who stop you and ask you if you've got a couple of minutes to ask a few questions, answer a few questionnaires, or they're asking you to do a taste test, that kind of thing. That's what Vox Pops is. So it's uh, generally on the street or in a shopping centre, and you can do things like sampling, which is you know, offering people some free product to see um, what their thoughts are, or a sort of a taste test. Or you could even, um, let's say that you've got some creative for a poster. You can sort of ask your target market, do they like A? Do they like B? Just to get some sort of feedback around um, maybe your creative if you're going to spend a lot of money on a big campaign. You can use pops, uh, And then think about some perhaps one on one. Market Research now, this is probably more applicable to uh, most of you as small businesses, but um, you can take a current customer and just sort of say to them, "Look, we worked together for a little while now. Would you mind sitting down and me asking you a few questions about you know your interaction with me or the products or services or why you use us?" so asking those people, the people that know you best if you like, what their views are is a really good way of doing some market research and getting some accurate feedback. So that was interviews. Uh, Surveys. Now, surveys, this is where you get the accurate data from. And again, it may be more applicable to some businesses than others. But these days, with digital platforms, um, it's really easy to create Uh, surveys and to pull in a lot of data. So surveys really these days are very easy to do. Um, They're, you know, in terms of where you put them and how people engage, well, through social media or through um, your website or through an email campaign. It's very easy to send uh, a survey out to all of your contact sphere. You can even do this in person, right? It doesn't have to be just digital. So through those interviews uh, in groups or or Vox Pops on the street. Um, Mostly, I would suggest using multiple choice for your questions. Now, why do I say this? I've done many, uh, many, many, many of a questionnaire, right? In my time and When it's data driven, it's so much easier to produce a report that's cohesive. When it's open question driven, it is a nightmare to try and distill and find one thing in common. So it's all very well to perhaps uh, do multiple choice and maybe on some things, give people the option to add their own narrative. But what I'm going to tell you here is you you ask 10 people the same question, you get 10 different answers if they're able to write things down themselves, right, which makes things really hard to come to a conclusion. So wherever ever possible, I would advise you to give people multiple choice and not to give them the choice to write their own opinion in when it comes to surveys and, and collating data. If you want to ask people their opinion, then that's what the sort of the focus groups and that sort of thing is for. OK, so don't, in my opinion, if you want to make things easy, don't don't allow, don't allow people to give their own opinion when you're doing a survey. So when this is another thing, customer observation now this is really driven around uh when you're able to spend some budget but this would be uh, in an environment where perhaps um you know per- perhaps you're doing some market research about a new e-commerce website that you're about to launch you know you, you can spend a decent amount of money on an e-commerce website so doing some market research where it's led by custom observation is really important, right? So you could have someone in a room, you could get your proposed website up and get them to utilize it, get them to order a widget from it. And what you can do is you can record the screen so you can actually see um, how they the user experience, how they've moved through your website. But also you can be there remotely viewing them, if you like, <laughs> as a voyeur, to see how they go about utilizing it. Because when you design a website and your experience of it can be completely different to your customer's experience. So it's really important to have an open mind and see how um, your customers um, perceive or utilize things. Okay, uh, lastly, data and analyzing data. Um, From surveys, you get a lot of data, but we're data rich now because of our digital age. So, you know, through our CRM systems, we've got data that we can analyze. Through our, you know, our email account, so things like MailChimp, you can get um, a lot of data from those. Uh, From, Our website traffic through, say, Google Analytics, you've got lots of data. So, data is king to us these days. Through our social media, you can now get advanced analytics on who's looking at your posts and how long they're looking at them for and which one worked the best and so on and so forth. So, please don't ignore the data. Look at the data. The larger the data set, the better. But, analyzing the data and then making adjustments. And look, there's an old saying that I like, which is the the, the listen, modify and test. So, you know, be observant of the data, modify it and make some change and then test it out and then listen and modify and test and use that sort of that cycle to keep uh, on top of your uh, marketing and making it as effective as possible, right? Right, so we come to the end now. um, And I just want to do you a little recap and do uh, my top three tips for market research ideas. Okay, so the first one is going to be make sure that you're talking to your target market when you're doing your research. If you're going out on the high street and if you're asking people, if you're bringing in third parties to do this, make sure they're briefed on who to stop on the high street, right? Make sure they're not wasting your time and money by stopping people that aren't your target market and getting views that are irrelevant to you and your business. Number two, keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate your market research. Make it really easy for people to answer the questions. Use multiple choice, in my opinion, wherever possible. That allows you then to really analyze the data effectively. And the last one, I haven't spoken about this, but this is about repeating your market research regularly to track trends. So um, spend time in the first place making sure that you produce a robust piece of market research and then repeat it periodically, every three months, every six months, at least every year, and look to track the changes that are occurring there. because by being up to date with how your business is evolving will mean that you can adjust your marketing accordingly and be effective with it. So there we go. Thank you so much indeed for listening to this bite-sized podcast. Uh, If you have any questions at all, please do not hesitate to contact me. You can email me on miles at milesmarketing.com All one word dot co dot uk or why don't you send me an inappropriate gif? You can do that on WhatsApp. Uh it's plus 44 754 069 5785. And however you get in touch, please do let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me know if you put any of these. Uh, tips into action and what the outcome was. So I hope you have enjoyed this and uh, I'll see you next time.